BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Welcome, neighbor Becky, to the show. Thank you for having me in your bedroom. Yeah, we're in my bed. We well, to be honest, right now we've the baby's out for a walk. I'm like, she's gonna be home any minute. It's gonna be loud. Shane's here. He's like, I have to do kitty litter, so we have to. I'm like, I don't know why that's gonna be loud, but we're locked away in in a bedroom having a moment. You've never been up here. I've been up here before, but not with this new bed, and I'm superbly comfortable in it. Yeah, I haven't even handed you a, an adjustable remote yet, but. Give me the goods on who Becky is, who neighbor Becky is, why your neighbor Becky in the first place, and uh, what you do and all that jazz. Hi, I'm Becky. I am Sarah's neighbor. We met through our kids being on the same bus stop. I am a lover of romance books, snacks, reality TV, and I have very strong opinions on everything. If you watch MTV's The Challenge, Please DM me. I have a lot to talk about. Thank you. You would like to say that we met through our kids. What actually happened was you knocked on my car door and terrified the crap out of me and were like, hi. That's true. <laughs> so I first just kind of knew you were a thing. But yeah, we did, we did our, kind of casually talk at the bus stop. Reed and Gemma were in each other's kindergarten class. And that's Correct. how I knew of you because mm. we dropped Reed off to something one day. And Scott was like, Gemma's mom is hot. And so I went down to the bus stop and I was like, yes, she is. Very pretty. Must be a bitch. (laughs) And I just very much assumed that about you. But then, yeah, I, we just chatted. And then one day I remember Scott came home and he's like, I think Sarah from the bus stop is famous. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, she's on Instagram. She's famous. And didn't think anything of it. And then went and looked at your Instagram, enjoyed what you were about, and then banged on your car (laughs) window one day because it was winter and you were not getting out of that car. 
banged on your window and I was like, I love what you do. Just let, just letting you know. And then just kind of moonwalked away. Yeah, you, you did. In a creepy manner. But yeah, I am your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then we slowly became friends. Mm-hmm. Our kids are friends. Our husbands are friends. Yeah, too much of friends. When they met, so. they literally couldn't stop talking about it. They were giddy. At one point, I really do think that they booked an appointment to get up at 3 a.m. together to watch a meteor shower. <laughs> but it was too cloudy, so they couldn't do it. But that's the level of friendship intimacy that those two have created. I actually want to believe that Shane bought this house, not because I lived in this neighborhood, but that you all lived down the street. <laughs> there was like this, we were there was this point in dating where I mean, Shane had friends, I had friends, but like the converging of family stuff only happened because you all were down the street and I lived a street away. And this all kind of happened all collectively. And and okay, but finish the story. I'm not a bitch, right? Ladies and gentlemen. No, not ladies and gentlemen. Everyone in the world who's listening, she is not a bitch. Woo. Surprise to me. Don't be judgmental. I was the same way. I met Ariana and I was like, there's nobody this pretty and that could be nice. I definitely, yeah. I assumed for sure that there was no way that you could be an authentically nice person. You must secretly be evil, but you were not. Unless we play evil Catan. And then now I'm realizing in all of that, I never actually said who I was. I just said how (laughs) I met you. (laughs) I am a woman who lives in Guelph and I about a year ago, opened up a bigger Instagram because you asked me to. Yeah. Because people were intrigued by my porch dancing. And that's what I did. And I don't really talk about what I do for a living. People don't enjoy that. But with what I do for work, it's not sinister or interesting. I just don't think they would like what I'm doing on my Instagram. So I don't share it. You don't share your Instagram? Well, I don't share anything about my job on Instagram. Oh, I understand. I understand. Just from the nature of... Yeah, that's fair. I don't think so. I have to be a little bit mysterious, and I love that for you. Can't tell you a lot about myself. I think I am a nice human, but honestly, I feel like your job is the least of your descriptors. I I just I've never. This sounds. This is going to come out wrong, but we're going to finish it in the right spot. We've talked before, and I talked about like ambitions and life and all of these different things. And I remember you talking. You were like, "I just don't really. I don't really have those." Yeah, I don't count that too as things that make up me. Like yeah. if people are talking about what makes up them, my job is not that. Yeah. And you one time shared this this post. I'm going to read it out. I pulled it up for this purpose. And it was this tweet by Amber Noel on Twitter where it said, unpopular opinion. I don't think your life has to have a purpose or a grand ambition. I think it's okay to just wander through life, finding things, finding interesting things until you die. And somebody said, I think this goes for art too. You can just make the kind of art you find interesting and you don't have to plan some great arc in your literary career. Literary career? Um, Maybe they're a writer. Maybe. But they said, and you just kind of said like, cheers to wandering through life because that's kind of, you're so passionate about so many things. You have a lot of ambitions, but they're not about the things that most people would, you know, when you meet somebody and you're like, hi, who are you? Tell us what you do. I just did that in this podcast. But your, you and who you are have very little to do about what you do. Yeah, that's true. And I always have kind of just wandered through life, skipping from thing to thing. And I don't think that's where I find my value. I think a lot of people worry that they have to have an endpoint destination of when I achieve this, Mm. then it will mean something. 
and I am worthy of saying I did this. For me, that's never really been what it's about. So how did you intersect motherhood within that? Because you have two kids, you obviously you do a lot of momming, but how did you intersect, you know, life ambitions, kind of wandering through, finding joy in these little things, and then have motherhood come into that and not have that overcome your life to be the one and only ambition? How do you still seek the little things when something so big all of a sudden comes into your world almost? I've never been the type of person for better, for worse, that like if someone asked me what I am, I wouldn't say mother. Mm. Like I wouldn't say I'm a mother, I'm a wife. That just wouldn't come across to me. So I don't put pressure on myself to say I have to live for these kids. I have to give up parts of myself to sacrifice for these kids as some people might not like it. But anytime my kids ask me to do something and I don't want to, I will say, no, I don't want to. And Mm. I'll be really honest with them. So if they were five years old and said, you know, will you play dolls with me? I would say, no, I don't want to. Yeah, I'll take you out to the park. I'll go on a hike with you. I'll do things that I want to do. Yeah. But if you'd like to play dolls, let's bring a friend over. So I didn't ever sacrifice parts of myself for them. I just kind of accepted that we were a family and we all kind of melted together and however it worked, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's, you know, I'm actually the same way because I hate crafts. And I've said this so many times to me, they're so purposeless unless I guess your kid gets into art, which unfortunately didn't happen for us. (laughs) But well, actually, no, Maya's very into arts, but she figured that out for herself. She was very like self-motivating. I couldn't participate. I struggled so much with it. I was like, this seems so purposeless. I'm not enjoying myself. I had a hard time with mom groups, had a hard time with like a lot of stuff that came with motherhood. And so I was like, but you know what I do like? That's kind of like a craft is baking. So I would intersect. I'm like, why don't we bake instead? Instead of like making Play-Doh, why don't we make like real dough and let's do this? And so we started finding until they became independent to be able to generate those things. Or like you said, a play date to find like those other things. Yeah, and I think- if you look at Pinterest or you look at mom groups sometimes or parent groups, and if you look at Instagram, there's this image of what you're supposed to be as a mom. And I just think it's okay if that's not you and tying it into just kind of wandering through. It's okay to not have this clear cut idea of what type of parent you are. You don't Mm. have to have that figured out. You can just go through parenthood trying your best and Mm -hmm. that's okay. I also have to say, I think it teaches kids in that way of living. It does teach kids a level of boundary and, re- and relationship building from a very young age to learn that it's not just about what I want. It's about what we collectively want and finding that activity or that thing that we can share in together instead of it serving only one party. I understand that relationships are a given pull, but for instance, my husband loves camping. Shane loves camping. And when he first met me, he would not stop talking about camping. His house, like just to give a little bit of insight, had an entire bedroom that was at his quote unquote camping room. It was full of his camping supplies. That man can get lost in a mech like nobody I've ever met. He will spend more money on finding the lightest weight backpack, tent, and like cutlery that I've ever seen. But immediately he tells me this and I'm like, I have two decisions here. I can either tell him the truth or I can tell him a lie. Yep. And I knew that old me was all about wooing. It was all about how do I make this relationship work? And it should be sacrifice. It should be this. And I was like, that. all that's going to lead into is me being miserable and him trying to maintain that and not understanding 
why I'm miserable in the thing that I said I want to do. So immediately I was like, I don't like camping at all. And I will never go with you. There's so much freedom in that. So much freedom. I don't like that. And I never will. If you want to take the kids camping, cool. But I don't like that. It's so freeing. I don't know how you all have managed this last year, but I can tell you for us in our home, it's been really hard when it comes to schoolwork, especially math, because math is not something that has always been my greatest forte. And so it's really hard to be that support person at home while they've been learning. And we're not alone because studies have shown that kids have gotten behind in math because of the pandemic. We want to stay on top of it and be sure that doesn't happen. So we're working with Mathnasium. And Mathnasium, while they mainly work with kids in grades two through 12, and they really are the authority on math education, it's all they teach and they're experts at it, unlike me who is not. Kids can learn in center or online, whichever way works best for you or whatever they're comfortable with. Either way, it's the same face-to-face learning with instructors who really care. And chances are there's a Mathnasium near you. I know I looked it up and there's one in my town, which is awesome. There's over a thousand of them across the country. And Mathnasium is a great place for a kid to learn math. They teach in a way that makes sense to kids and they even make it fun. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but it is to be true. Every child is also assessed individually. Mathnasium uses customized learning plans to give them exactly what they need along the way. And if your child is a little behind in math, Mathnasium will help bridge the gap. They need to move at a faster pace and be challenged. Mathnasium will step on the gas and raise that level of work. What they teach goes actually above and beyond math. It's about learning to think critically, problem solve, and gain confidence in their abilities overall. And best part, they never assign homework, but they can help your kid with their homework from school, which is absolutely amazing. We're getting started with our kids at Mathnasium now while it's early in the school year so they can make the most of it all. Whether you're looking to get your kids back on track or want to assure they're staying ahead of their math studies, find a center near you at mathnasium.com and contact them for a free in-center or online consultation. That's mathnasium.com. Let's get back to the show. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear? and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. You're also, I mean, a gently opinionated person. I one time, just to just to give context, Becky was like, oh, can I have a cookie from the kitchen? And I brought over a- um, It was what, white chocolate. My favorite kind of and cookie. And macadamia nut. I was honored to be bringing you the that. The worst type of offering. And she shook her head and said, no, take it back. And I was like, what just happened here? I am a gentle wanderer. I do like to wander through life. If you offer me the wrong cookie, I will reject it. <laughs> and this has kind of become a huge basis of what has become your Instagram is the sense of unpopular opinions, random crap that honestly, at the end of the day, I find we have deep passions about everyday things, but we've never been allowed to really give them air and acknowledgement because we're so used to celebrating big stuff, the the stuff that feels so notable. And here you are like, 
you know what I effing can't stand? That this iced tea changed on me. And you go hard on that iced tea. Or you talk about pizza toppings like it's the most important. But it really, truly, at the end of the day and, and at the end of our lives, it is kind of made of these collective moments, these little things and our happiness and joy. But you are an opinionated person. I am strongly opinionated. And the one thing that I like, because I did open the Instagram Instagram account because you asked me to yeah. as a public account. So I, I felt like it. I was I felt like I was hoarding you. The majority of people who follow me follow you and it was kind of a symbiotic love. But the joy I get from being able to force my opinions on people, <laughs> it makes me so happy and they can't talk back. They can DM me, but no one else knows who's DMing what. They can't organize. So I have complete control, like a dictator, to put my opinions on people, and I've never been happier. What is like one of your most unpopular opinions? Is Out of all the things that you've put on the gram, what have been the things that you're like, oh, this got spicy? Weirdly, the one weird one that I thought, no, this is correct, everyone will think this, is that pineapple on pizza is disgusting. I hate it. It's I, wrong. It's Putting really hot disgusting. fruit— yeah. plopping it on dough, cheese, and tomato sauce. Who's like, yeah, let's do this. The worst thing is, I think it was invented in Ontario. We did this. It's not Hawaiian. It's Ontarioan. No, we didn't. Ontarian. I will say one time, one time, I had warm pineapple in something and it was part of a taco concoction. And I was like, this looks disgusting. But it was more the juices that, like the pineapple wasn't actually in it. It was the juice of it. And I was like, okay, I can maybe get behind that. I can see it. But when I've seen, when I've been like at the pizza party and all there is left is a Hawaiian and you even pick off that pineapple and you still have to live with that juice sitting on top of ham and cheese, it, it is literally the worst. I don't want to make vomit the sounds experience. into the mic, but just imagine me making vomit sounds into the mic. And I thought everyone would be so on board with me. No, 70% of you people like pineapple on pizza and I couldn't believe it. But I will say, I don't, I don't actually mind when people disagree with me. I think for me, this is the way I've always been. Like a compliment and a criticism for me would just go down the same tube because I make my own decisions about myself and I know I like myself and I know I am most often right. So for me, like <laughs> a compliment or a criticism of me, that just goes down the same tube. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't care if people disagree with me. I don't care if people think I'm wrong. I don't care if someone says I love you. I don't care if someone says I hate you. For me, that goes down the same tube because I am rooted in myself and I have always been that way. So when... This just blows my mind because I'll get like a hundred really positive comments and like that one negative one, I actually sweat and my heart races. I think that's for a lot of people though. That's not abnormal to feel that way. So you just, it just doesn't, you don't even care. I like myself. I think I'm really great. And I think if I did something very wrong, you would then care. I would address that. Yeah. But a compliment from a stranger or a criticism from a stranger for me, that all just flushes out the same too because- well, it's also it's also fueled some of your content. It's fueled you eating food off a plain table. So that is something that I do that has caused controversy. A little, little pettiness. I don't like to do dishes. So sometimes if I'm having a snack, I will just have the snack on the table. That has infuriated some people, particularly a stranger named Laura. <laughs> Laura messaged me in disgust to the point where I now eat most things off the table and video it just to get a rise out of Laura. You Guacamole. Did, 
cereal. <laughs> One night I made spaghetti. I made Scott and the kids eat it off the table. You, when you did whipped cream, though, I would, I would. That's my. That was my line. The cats go on the table, Sarah. Oh no! In my head, I was like, you know, it's fine because, like, it's like dishes, and then we wash the dishes. But I like to keep her guessing on how often I wash my table. <laughs> but yeah, the cats sit on the table, and I just like to let her think about that as I licked the whipped cream. To be clear with everyone, I spelled the name Laura in whipped cream on my table and then licked it off. You Scott actually did licked not it like off? videotaping that one. Yeah, I licked it off. Because I have to make a point. <laughs> and the point is, table eating is fine. And you do less dishes. So maybe you're winning at life and you haven't gotten any diseases. Yeah, I'm the innovator. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Tell me other things that you're really... One thing I really found fascinating about you, because I had this troubling year in my life where I was full of escapism and I read 72 books in a year. And when I tell people that number, they're like, whoa that's wild. You read 72 books in a year. And I was like, I literally wanted to do anything but exist in my world. So I read books as a form of escaping. And then I met you who just loves reading. You're not doing it as as an escape from your own reality as much as an addition to your reality. But you, you love a book. How many books do you read? Do you even know that number? I don't know that number. The number is huge. I do know I have on my Kindle, oh, the number about 300 books that I've bought that are just unread. So that's like my to-be-read pile <gasps> that I don't even want to Where think about Where do you find it. the time? I stay up late and I really enjoy romance novels. So I mean, I make the time. What kind of romance novels? Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> are we, a few times we? I've given Sarah <laughs> some synopsis of books that I've been reading, like a kraken, an orc, an ogre. One time there was a T-Rex. Shifter yeah. Jura- scenario. No, it, it was Jurassic love. It was Jurassic love. It and was. I sat there and I was like, how how does how does a how does a woman get with a T-Rex? And you well, had he's to a shifter, obviously. He would no, never fornicate even... with her in T-Rex form. That's just but ridiculous. is she are they often both shifters? And a shifter Sometimes, would be yes. a shifter would be like a werewolf, like man to werewolf. Well, <laughs> If we're going to get into semantics of werewolf, it's something to. different. It's the most A shifter into thing. something, yeah, that shifts into something else. I just think it's pure entertainment and I will never feel bad about it. I don't think you should feel bad I about it. I don't like it's it when people say, though. and you weren't, but I don't like it when people say guilty pleasure because I don't feel guilty about it. Right. I'm in the middle of trying to digest the last nine months of my life, just realizing how fast it goes and how much I want to just encapsulate all of this and not in just a digital way. I got way too reliant on that. Now I have all these printed amazing photos of my older kids and none of my baby. This is why I love Artifact Uprising. They make premium photo books, framed photos, and gifts to help you tell the stories you care about the most. And I know with the holidays coming up, everyone's going to be asking us for pictures of our baby, or at least that's what they're getting, even if they didn't ask. Artifact Uprising is known for elevated design and thoughtfully sourced materials and curated customization, making beautiful photo albums that have never been simpler. 
Whether it's moments big or small, relive the joy in print. Right now I'm putting together a photo book of my daughter and it's made me so emotional putting it together, but I'm so in love with it. They offer a wide variety of photo books from their signature lay flat, touting extra thick pages that provide seamless panoramic photo spreads to their classic hardcover and softcover photo books that include the choice of 100% recycled paper options and foil details. I chose the signature lay flat and I chose it in this beautiful blush print with a gold foil on it. It's gorgeous. I cannot wait to see it done. Artifact Uprising is dedicated to honoring the meaningful in our lives. So this holiday season, they're giving Papaya listeners 15% off holiday photo gifts your loved ones will enjoy year-round with the promo code PAPAYA. Go to artifactuprising.com slash papaya to purchase. That's artifactuprising.com slash papaya. You're going to get 15% off holiday photo gifts. Give them what they want this holiday season. Give them the moments to remember the things that we're going to look back on years and years from now. Artifact Uprising is absolutely above the standard that we've ever seen before. And I can't wait for you to check them out. Okay. I have to tell you this story because last weekend we had this really incredible big family dinner. It was full of like rich foods and I immediately felt so uncomfortable as soon as it was done. You know, the feeling that like unbutton your pants or get me something way more comfortable to be in because I'm not feeling okay. And I said to my husband, can you go grab that bottle on my bedside table of array blow capsules. And he was like, what are these? And I'm like, oh, I travel with them all the time. They're the best. They just help you with digestion and with bloat. They're incredible. And they work in like under an hour, but I was taking it at bedtime. So I was like, let's see. I don't know. This is like a pretty big type of meal to be digesting. But the blow capsules are so versatile because they can be taken at any time. Whether you've had a plant-based meal or something heavier like I did, It optimizes digestion with the use of five herbs and fruit-based digestive enzymes. It's completely laxative-free, so you don't have to go running to the bathroom. I slept perfectly through the whole night and woke up feeling amazing. Array also worked with an eating disorder specialist to formalize the products to make sure that they were intentional about creating products that would give people relief from digestive issues without the possibility of them being used for weight loss purposes. They're an extremely body positive brand. I believe that every size and shape is beautiful, but that no one should feel discomfort after meals. The blow capsules were designed to give people food freedom so you can enjoy the foods you love without discomfort, gas, or bloating afterwards. And yes, it works on men too. Immediately the next morning, my husband was not feeling so hot and he was like, I need to be taking those capsules. Right now you can go to array.com. That's spelled A-R-R-A-E.com. You can use code papaya at checkout for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off your first month on subscription. That's array.com. Use code papaya at checkout, 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off your first month on subscription. Nobody deserves to feel bloated and crappy after enjoying a delicious meal. Let's keep ourselves with the memories that we were meant to make, not the ones about how uncomfortable we felt after them. Let's get back to today's show. Okay. So why is there a re- is there a reason for the shapeshifters? Like was there a certain was it like a werewolf thing or a vampire thing and it just like slowly melded into this whole other world? Because I could understand it if I was like, you know what, vampires are hot or like werewolves are hot and I love that like I don't know, beauty and the beast type of vibe. But then you are you 
go for dinosaurs. And then sometimes it's an alien and sometimes it's an octopus. Yes. Well, a kraken, not an octopus. Wait, what's the difference? A kraken is like an ancient creature that like takes down big ships. An octopus is just a lame old octopus. I took one of your recommendations last year and I got snowman. I got a snowman (gasps) That was a bad, bad recommendation. And I apologize for that. I accidentally left it on the table once when people came over and they read it as entertainment. But he legitimately, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. And what, what bothered penis, me- Icicle penis, ladies and gentlemen. And I need to stop- Icicle okay, penis. I need to stop saying ladies and gentlemen. Everyone out there. Yes. Icicle penis. What I really struggled through, if I'm going to be honest, was that it was hot. And that one was the most joke of a book that I could have sent you. Like that to me was not hot. That was a joke. Yeah, I've read some of your other books though, but they, I think they were werewolves, which felt like a little closer to home. So yeah. I think it started for me with Beauty and the Beast. And then when he, at the end of the movie in the cartoon, when he changed back to the human, I was like, ugh, don't like that. Yeah. Go back to the beast. I think that's where it started for me. Okay, so tell me some other things that you are hoping to do in terms of your Instagram account, some hopes and goals and dreams. I know you have one major one. Let's just plant that seed. Oh, with the Instagram. Sorry. Again, as a wanderer, I don't have a lot of ambitions. The one ambition I do have is I want Gushers, the candy, to partner with me. I have a lot of great ideas. I also really love Gushers. That's all I want out of this Instagram account. But something else that I did that I've never shared before, I think even with friends and family, and I think a lot of it was inspired by you, is during the pandemic, I am a voracious reader. I actually wrote a book and I published it. I wasn't sure if you were actually going to say something. I did. And it's under a pen name, so I don't care if I talk about it or not. And I'm not going to promote it because it's too embarrassing to have people read words about penises that you wrote. Mm, That's fair. But I did. I got a book published and with a publisher and I'm really proud of myself for that. So I did that. So there's things that I've done and it was a little inspired by you because I thought you're going for things that you want. It doesn't matter Mm. if it's an ambition of I have to reach this. Right. This is my goal, but you're just going for things that you want. And I thought, why can't I do that? So I wrote a book. I heard this quote once that was like, what is it that you want in this life? And then just make a decision every day that brings you closer to that one thing. And and it made it all feel a little bit more digestible. I think it's really hard. When people ask me what my five-year goals is, like, I don't have an answer. I honestly don't know. And when you ask me like what my hobbies are, they change like year by year. Everything can shift so quickly. And I kind of love, I I don't really consider myself much of a wanderer, but I definitely have my interests change all the time. And I need kind of like that ability to move through world and change my mind and want to do something else and and love pursuing that. But honestly, just waking up and being like, this is something I want to do. What can I do today that takes me one step closer to that goal without it being like all about, you know, big ambitions and big goals and just like really digestible ones. And that's truly, I think, what's gotten me to where I am today. And I am so proud of you. A freaking book. Thank that's, you. I but can't even think about so that. There's so much joy in that too. And I think if I hadn't got the book published, I would still be just as happy with myself. Yes. I did it because I just wanted to try it Mm. and it worked out, but I would have been just as happy if I just wrote it and it sat in my computer forevermore. So when you were like a kid, did you ever have like 
ideas of what you thought your life would look like. Like I think a lot of us do that where we dream up what we thought our careers would be and all that stuff. And did you have that? Yeah. And I'm so glad this didn't pan out. I was going to be a marine biologist. Did I know any science? No. Do I have a deep abiding fear of the deep ocean? Yes. But I liked a dolphin and I liked a whale. And I thought marine biologist is where it's at for me. That's what I was going to be. And then I thought to myself, oh shit, you suck at science. And also, I don't understand how people are going scuba diving. The deep ocean is a very scary place. It's so dark. You should all be very fearful of what's down there. That is not our domain. We have no power over that. Yeah. I can't stop something from biting me. I'm not going in the ocean anymore. There's things that exist in the ocean that have been here longer, like since dinosaurs. Like that, that blows me away. But also what blows me away is I just learned this. I just wanted people to, I was having a day on Sunday and I was like, just give me like random facts, like share random information. And one of the things that somebody said was, we are closer in time to a T-Rex than a T-Rex is to a Stegosaurus. That's and I was wild. like, no, first of all, I didn't know that they weren't together because Land Before Time showed them together. I realized Jurassic Park, in my head, I was like, but Jurassic Park. And but then Jurassic I realized that was, a, that was a recreation of animals. But, but just the Jurassic period. So that messed with me. The mess is, why is the Stegosaurus not even anywhere near the T-Rex? They actually like lived and died were a historic figure to the T-Rex. And then all these years later, we came along, but we're still closer to a T-Rex than the Stegosaurus was. That messes me up. It's dinosaur lies. So yeah, yeah, the ocean deep is terrifying. I would like to come out as anti-deep sea. If anything comes from this podcast, like that's what I would like everyone to know about me. Oh my gosh. Dear women everywhere, let's start a fashion revolution. Old Navy is changing the shopping game with bought equality. Bought equality means size equality, price equality, and style for women everywhere. That's right, Old Navy is making every one of its styles in every size and with no difference in price because we deserve it and our sisters, moms, and friends do too. Bought equality, it started with you, the customer. Old Navy read thousands of product reviews, conducted thousands of interviews, and even went on shopping trips with real customers to hear what you had to say. And then they really, really listened. We wanted clothes to be made to fit on real women's bodies, and Old Navy has heard us. They spent years listening, studying, modeling, testing, refining, and perfecting so that us and women everywhere can have amazing fashion that celebrates each of us as we are. I've been talking about bought equality for a while, but it has been so amazing to see us all shopping together and enjoying this experience without these price differences. Bought equality means that now in every store, you'll see mannequins in multiple sizes. And on online, you can see styles you love on models in size 4, 12, and 18. So you choose the one that's closest to your shape and size, and you can see how it actually looks. So you're not just looking at one size model anymore online. It means consistent and comfortable fit in every size, double zero through 30, extra small through 4X. That's bought equality, a revolutionized shopping experience for women everywhere. See oldnavy.com slash bought equality for additional details. Styles are subject to availability. So when we talk about moving through life and kind of being a wanderer, you know, this idea of not always worrying about the next thing or the big ambitions and all that, do you have, do you have a way that that, or like where that stemmed from or how you process that? Okay. So I think it's important to note 
that a lot of my outlook in life is legit based off privilege, right? So Mm. I'm a white woman whose husband that I'm married to works really hard so that if Mm. I want to be really lazy and wander through life, I can. Yeah. So I have that option. I have zero mental health issues, which in this day and age is wild. Yeah. I have zero body images and like issues and I never have. So like my body image has never been an issue for me. My parents were really lovely. My friend group was really lovely. I've never had super traumatic experiences with past relationships. So all of these things have rolled up into allowing me to kind of hop through life as I please. If I was someone who had a lot of trauma and who had to work harder, like I wouldn't be able to have this outlook Mm, as mm. much. So a lot of it is privilege. I think a lot of it too is it might be surprising that I don't believe in anything. Yeah. Almost like I'm an atheist. I don't believe in karma. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in astrology. I really don't believe in anything. And for a lot of people, it wouldn't be. But for me, it's very freeing. Mm. I don't have anything to answer to. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen to me when I die. Yeah. That's not something I ponder. Again, that frees up a lot of time for me to just be me and not worry about what I'm doing through life. Can I just like backtrack to how the like I just read today that like 93% of people have body image issues and you just have never had that. Would you say never or would you say you just don't now? Legit never. From elementary school to high school to university to now. And I realize that's really, really lucky and not common, but and it was there. Like I had friends who were on diets. I saw everything that everyone else did in the media. But for some reason in my mind, I was just like, no, I'm good. I had a really blind confidence in myself. So what goes on inside? Like part of me is like, I'm constantly in a thought. I'm in a thought where I'm in a, and then another thought that has to combat that thought to be able to process and move forward. I'm, I'm completely in what people think of me and what those opinions are and how I can show up as a better self or how I can better myself from yesterday. And all of this, I mean, my mind is running. All I realize I have anxiety and that's a huge part of it. But what goes on inside your mind if that's not a constant for you? Well, we discovered recently that we actually legit think differently. So you yeah. think in words. I don't do that. So I think in language. Like I'm I can I can literally stop talking right now and still hear the sentence continue to the end. I yeah. So I don't I'm not in my head a lot. Like you know how mm. people are like I'm just in my head. I'm not in my head a lot. I'm in the present just kind of and that sucks because I can't really give advice on how to think like this, but I really do just think if I'm having an issue, I talk it out with Scott who is my husband and at the end of the day my belief is we are just on a rock that is literally hanging in space. And that honestly, weirdly gives me a sense of, okay, we're just hanging here in space. We're all trying our best. We're just trying to get through life happy and content. So that's all I'm trying to do. And weirdly, I don't worry a lot in my head. And I don't know if that's because I have a lack of anxiety or whatever, but I'm not in my head a lot. There, I remember why we had that whole conversation about thought though. There was a tweet that came out and it said, fun fact, some people have an internal narrative and some don't. As in some people hear thoughts that are like sentences they hear and some people have to abstract nonverbal thoughts and have to consciously verbalize them. And most people aren't aware of the other type of person. So we were sitting at a table and we're like, well, what are you? Like, do you have this internet? And Shane's like, oh yeah. And your husband was like, oh yeah. And I was like, um, yes, of course. And you were like, I have no idea what you all are talking about. Literally, if I would close my eyes and like think into my mind, it would 
this makes me sound. No, it's fascinating. It would be blank. Like I would have to think up a conversation. Like I couldn't just have a conversation in my head. I would have to think it up if that makes sense. Like I would never just have my mind go away with me with some conversation or thinking about something. So when you talk to somebody, you don't have to premeditate. No, I would never premeditate what I'm you saying. Don't, like, it just comes out. It. Like a it just bleh. comes. It just comes out. Yeah, I wouldn't have to. Do you see pictures in your head, or do you see words? Like, do you I not don't see, see words. words in my head? No, I don't I see words, do but I'm. I'm I can hearing see, it. I could see a picture if I close my eyes and try to picture a red apple. I could see it. I would love to know the stats on like what kinds of people are different kinds of people because I think this is mm. this is potentially has a lot to do with why you are. Yeah, that might be why I don't worry a lot. Well, when you first said it. I remember Scott looked at you and was like, oh my gosh, that must be so freeing. Or yeah, like, my husband is a big worrier. Yeah, him. Yeah, me too, mm-hmm. right? And and I think Shane is as well, which really feeds into each other very poorly. <laughs> We're both worried. Then all of a sudden, like, it, we'll, we'll have the same anxiety and it's like, it takes us down. Like, we're waking up the baby in the middle of the night because we both suddenly decided that she must not be breathing. Like, there's a lot of that right. that goes on and, and it can be really, like, terrifying to have both of you kind of in that same mindset. Yeah, no, I almost blindly think that everything good is going to happen to me. I yes. think nothing ever wrong, like, nothing will ever go wrong with my kids. Nothing ever bad will happen to me. I can eat a box of Gushers for breakfast, but I won't get diabetes because it will be fine. Like (laughs) I just assume that everything is going to be as I want. That does not always work out, but it has worked out for me. It it has. And anxiety, I realize, is not necessarily a negative thing because it is something that guides you through life in a protective way. It does does warn you. It it creates warning signals. So how do you- Yeah, you need anxiety to tell you, like, if you're walking down a dark street, you need anxiety to say, you should look behind you and check, especially as a woman. You need to know that. But yours just doesn't run out of control. It just runs when it needs to run. Yeah, for sure. If I was walking down a darkened street, I would take my earphones out. I would put my phone down. And I would be ready for an attack. My dad was grew up in a very like poor part of England and very much had me always ready for an attack. When I got my first like driver's license and got a car, he got me this metal bar and he was like, I just want you to take this metal bar, put it in the side of your door. If anyone ever bothers you, I want you to take that metal bar and throw it at their face. Oh my God. He was always prepared. And in a way that makes me prepared. Also blindly thinking that I would do well. (laughs) I am an orange belt in karate, but I don't feel like that's going to translate into me doing well in a fight. You did karate? Orange belt, green stripe. Thank you very much. I don't know. When I was 11, it means nothing. (laughs) It means I'm like of the lowest karate caliber that you ever could be. But I just assumed that I would do really well in the fight. Oh my gosh. I wish I had that. Honestly, I think we have so much to learn in terms of like our different mindsets and like how we are. I think there is a lot to learn from each other. I don't think it's like you sit, I don't sit here with envy and being like, oh my gosh, that must be just amazing to just like not have those anxiety thoughts. Not like I is, I immediately assume I'm dead in every scenario. So I go down the pathway of like what it looks like for people to be at my funeral. Like I go so far down the line in like it not working out. And, and this is where I think like world balance, like somewhat, or even like friendship balance, like really works out because I've had multiple times where, I've gotten like a a crap comment or a horrible DM and I've been like, I'm just in it. And you'll come over and you'll sit down and you'll be like, no, that's not true. That's a lie about you. And that's that. And it's actually really helped to have somebody who's just very factual about things and very like, no, this is not how it is. And also to have somebody that 
I'm not, I'm really inspired by other people who really have a lot of ambition, but sometimes that feels very overwhelming too, when it feels like, but what if I don't have that in me? What if I can't do this forever? What if I only have like a year left in me of steam of this? Can I still have a very fulfilling life doing very mundane things? And you kind of have brought joy to like the little things again, like that again. Yeah, no, that is where I find my joy. And I do think we are quite opposite, but it does work. And it goes in reverse. You inspired me to write yeah. when I probably wouldn't have normally. So it goes both ways for sure. One day I will find your pen name and I you will. You never will. No one ever will. I do not need people reading about sex things that I wrote. The idea mortifies me. Okay, I won't try, I promise. Cannot. <laughs> Where can everyone find you on the gram? You have to spell it the Canadian way. No. You can't. You'll never find me. If you really want to find me, I want you to just search for me in your heart and then maybe you'll find me. I really want to make it a mystery. Oh, so we're not even allowed to have it in the podcast notes. You can, but I just really want people to find me if they want me. Work for it. I want you to want me. And then if you want And if you you don't want me, it's okay. You've got to go see my reel or my TikTok where we first were so many were introduced to neighbor Becky, which is her dancing on my porch, which I don't even know how that started. The worst thing you ever did was get a rink camp because I enjoy it. (laughs) I cannot perform in front of any kind of crowd, but if my friend has a ring light, not a ring light. A ring cam, like a a ring cam. cam. Oh, Okay, but here's what's fascinating is you know I'm posting it. So like you're fine with two million people seeing it. I'm not performing in front of a crowd of people. Mm. If we are in an auditorium and I have to stand up and make a speech, I don't know how you do it. I would vomit. I can't do it and I never will. But if I just make a video and then put it out there, I cannot see people's reaction to me. So it doesn't bother me. Okay. So in that way, I have very low confidence where you could get up on a stage and just- I don't feel good about it, but I do it. I think you should feel good about it. You're really good at it. I just can't do that. That's not for me. Okay. I wouldn't want to do that. Well, thank you for coming on the pod. I don't even know what the theme of this podcast was. I do. We talked about Tyrannosaurus Rex dick. (laughs) That'll be in the show notes. (laughs) Um, We had a theme. It definitely was about, you know, that idea of having joy in the little things and not always having to have these like big grand things that define your life. I think that's actually really inspiring. And I think a lot of people, especially if you are in a circumstance where you have to, even by circumstance, you have a mundane thing. Instead of it looking around and seeing people having these big dreamy existences, being like, what gushers came out of my gushers pack today? And that is going to be part of my joy. That does give me joy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So there is a theme to this. You did a great job. But there is a surprise for everyone listening because there's a part two, but we're not playing it this week. We'll come back next week. We have a part two happening. You don't even want to know the hard hitting questions I am going to be asking Sarah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a swap of sorts, but it's a swap where Becky's taking over the podcast. And and I have nothing to offer in return. When Sarah asked me to do the podcast, I said yes. And then I immediately took it over and told her that I wanted to ask her questions. That was very big of the britches of me, but I wanted it. I I asked you to be on the podcast. And then all of a sudden I'm watching your Instagram stories. You're like, if I had an opportunity to be on Sarah's podcast, what do you want me to ask her? And I was like, what just happened? Scott was like, so she asked you to do something. You dominated it and took it over and are now asking her questions. Correct. (laughs) Well, 
We're going to go and do it right now. So stay tuned. Next week, we're going to come back and you can hear that whole show. Until then, we'll see you then. Until then, we'll see you then. Yeah, that works. Bye. (laughs) Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.